Thanks for joining us at White Oak for this week's podcast. As we look at how God's servants applied that confidence in their walk with him. Our prayer is that this will encourage and strengthen your walk. So here we go. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are inside us. Thank you for that. You define us. You are in us, and we are in you. Father, today my prayer is that you reach out, meet the needs of all those that are around, whatever their needs may be. You are the need meter. May we call on you and give you praise, glory, and honor for all that you do. And thank you for who you are, not just a Savior, Lord, one that is with us and within us through your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for all things through Christ our Savior. And this house said amen. Give the King glory a hand of praise. He's worthy of it today. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, my wife and I are glad to be back here today. We went back to West Virginia uh, for our meeting this past weekend and got back uh, last night. Terrible weather. Terrible weather. We left the last tunnel in Virginia and thought we had it made, and then we didn't have it made till we got on the other side of the mountain area. And you know what? That's me again. And then we got through Raleigh. That happens every now and then. I don't know why that does that. But then we made it till we got the exit there at Kenansville. It's bad sometimes to drive on interstate 35 mile an hour. That's not good, especially when you've been driving 75. But it's good to be here and good to be with you this morning. We uh, continue to sit on the board of directors at Little Sparrow Ministry. Uh, the leader, the founder and director is stepping back. Uh, because of health issues, and uh, Linda is stepping forward and carrying on the ministry. So we just ask that you continue to pray for Little Sparrow's ministry. Uh, there is some great spiritual insight, leadership that's there now, and good people that's in charge, controlling certain areas that uh, it's going to be a great remainder of a year. That's going to be followed by another, I believe, a tremendous year. People energetic. Keep digging. Keep digging. Wednesday night service was a continuation from Sunday morning. Keep digging. And this morning's going to be on keep digging. Wednesday night, we're going to keep digging. We're going to keep digging until you get it, until you find it. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verse 23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ho! Don't think in halves. Think in hoes. And he said, I'm praying that your whole spirit and your whole soul and your whole body. Did you know how he recorded this? 
Spirit is first. Then comes the soul, the body's last. One of our greatest problems is we always look at the body, think very little about the soul, and know nothing about the spirit. That's why I'm trying to teach us. I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to the word of God because it's the truth. And I like to say, you know, someone calls me just about every week, sometimes more, texts me to encourage me, thank me, or bless me, or say something to me. And this week they called me, and after last Sunday's message, they called me to tell me that they didn't have a backhoe. They, they could not afford a backhoe. That's good. Remember I said a lot, of, a lot of Christian people dig with a spoon. Some dig with a shovel. But I said it would be better if you had a backhoe or excavator. And they told me that they couldn't afford, uh, this is me, this is not the Holy Spirit. Okay? <laughs> oh, I can't do this. I can too, I'm just that way. But they just bought a new car. That'll catch up with y'all in just a minute. All right, let that catch up with y'all in just a minute. Um, we went by my favorite place as we pulled over, spent the night in Mount Airy uh, Thursday night, and just to look at some things sometimes. But this time, I didn't go there. You know what they tell me? The best way to stay away from temptation is abstain from all appearances of evil. Just stay away from it. Amen. So... Whether you realize it or not, my friend, this morning, you are made up of three parts. Our greatest problem is we focus on the one that we think about and mention most of the time is our body. Then second, we sometimes bring our soul into view, and hardly ever do we bring our spirit into view. And sadly on that note is God lives within our spirit, and we live with, within the Lord. So we are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. Now, most people, most people believe they are only body and soul. They pay very little attention to the spirit, and they re relate everything that happens to them to their spirit and also to their body. Say nothing, nothing whatsoever about their spirit, just their soul and, and their body because that's all they want to acknowledge. Now, a thought in mind, when we look at that, our physical part or our body part that we have and our emotional part, which is our mental or inner part or our personalities. So when we look at each other and talk about things and relate ourselves to ourselves and to others, most of the time we're just talking about our bodies or our spirit uh, no, our soul. It's gotten so bad that when you look in the strong concordance, a lot of people rely on the strong. I don't very much, but a lot of people rely on the strong concordance. It's, it's, it's a great biblical piece of material. And in the strong concordance, when it comes to the spirit, it fails to distinguish betwixt the spirit and the soul. In other words, when it's dividing up man's and the strong's in spirit and soul and body, when it comes to the spirit of man, uh, he teaches us that the Greek word for spirit is panuma. Panuma. It defines as being a rational soul. 
So the strong concordance takes the spirit and actually parallels it with the soul and gives a definition of it being a rational soul. So your spirit, I want you to know, is your innermost being. It is not your rational soul. It's not. You are totally triune. You are totally three in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit, soul, and body. I want you to know that your body uh, can touch you. It often does. I dare say it touches you more than your spirit does. So therefore, your body touches you uh, by words. See, I can say words that will touch your body, or you can hear words that will touch your body, like make you sad or make you glad. It'll put a frown on your face or body or put a smile on your face or body. You are constantly in touch with your body and with your soul. You touch them every day or somebody touches them every day. Your body tells you how you feel. Oh, I have a headache. Oh, my shoulder, you know. Oh, I'm hungry. Where'd that come from? Your body tells you, it, it warns you or informs you of things that you, and we pay a lot of attention to our body. You know, we look at our body in a, in a mirror. You don't look at your spirit in a mirror. You look at your body. And your body tells you, gentlemen, if your hair is being combed correctly. And ladies, if you've got a, the, the right amount of makeup on. So then with that thought, your body speaks a lot to you. You pay a lot of attention. We pay a lot of attention to our bodies. We want them to look good even though as time progresses, we do things to our bodies to keep them looking good, even more so than keeping them in better shape. And in reality, we are ignoring our spirit. So your body tells you how you feel. It tells you when you take a shower if the water is too hot or too cold or if it's just right. And then your soul tells you also if you are happy or if you are angry because it deals with your emotions. And then therefore, when we look at our soul and we look at our body, we're paying a lot of attention, but I want to bring us to a point this morning that we're saved by faith, not by works. So there's nothing your body can do to save you. It's saved by faith. And faith is an empowerment of spirit. It is one of the five functions alone along with hope. We are saved by faith, by repentance into the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Your spirit will never be able to access your in any natural way. And what I mean, it's got to be done spiritually. So as we look at that this morning, I want us to take a few notes. Go with me to the book of John. And I've, I've been in John a lot. I've been in uh, Corinthians a lot. And I'm going to still be in it a lot for a few more weeks. But I want us to see something this morning in John chapter 3, verse 6, follow with me now. 
That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Everything about you is, is going to maintain or relate to the spirit, just like everything about you is going to be maintained relate to the natural. But your spirit cannot relate to the natural. In other words, your natural cannot affect your spirit because your spirit is spiritual, and spiritual things have to be discerned by a spiritual one. I can say something to you that will, your hair needs combing. Uh, tuck that shirt in. And in reality, that's the natural. But I can't say anything to you the spiritual, but only say to you, you need to become more spiritual because spiritual things had to be discerned and there is only one spiritual giver. And you have to listen to him. So there's no direct connection betwixt your spirit and your soul or body, but yet your body and soul must be controlled by your spirit. Because if it's not, it's being controlled by itself. And your spirit is being damaged by your body. Because your body seeks for the lustful things. Your body is carnal. And it's for the natural worldly things of the world. But your spirit does not. One of the greatest things in, in, in the five senses of the spirit is worship, prayer. Those things don't come out of the body. They come out of the spirit. Because the word teaches us God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Now, we put a lot of flesh, a lot of body of worship before God. We put a lot of soulless worship before the Lord. But how much spiritual worship do we put before the Lord? The Bible teaches us that there, there is no direct connection. So there must be a connection made. And I'm here to tell you this morning through the word of God that your soul and, and your flesh or your body will never connect you to the right one. But your spirit will be able to connect your soul and your body to the right one. So we got to flip this thing around. We got to turn it upside down and set it up right or right side up or whatever we got to do. Our spirit needs to be controlling our life. Sadly, in the church today, many people are being governed and controlled by feelings. Feelings are not spiritual. Feelings are soulish. They're coming from the other side. So I'm saying to us tonight, you cannot connect your spirit through emotions or your physically body. That's why when people come to an altar and cry their heart out in the realms of salvation, they may not never have been touched by the Spirit of God. He may have motivated them and moved them, but they wouldn't listen to what he was saying to them because they were too emotional. Like the woman, as the story that Grace was telling about the snake that got in the house this morning and the effect it had on the woman, the effect it had on the man. Uh, but yet in reality... What kind of effect does the Holy Spirit have on you and I? Go, go with me also to the book of Ephesians. Now, in the book of Ephesians, very first chapter, verse 17, 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So if you want to have knowledge of God, it's got to come through the spirit of the Lord. That's one of the reasons Jesus Christ sent him was to prick our hearts. The spirit of the Lord speaks to our hearts, convicts us of our sin. My body does not convict me of sin. It's too busy sinning to do that. I'm too emotionally involved in, in, with my soulish ways to listen to what the Lord is saying. So the Spirit has to do it. And here Paul proves it in Ephesians that it says that he may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We all need a revelation. We need a revelation that we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That revelation comes from God. We will continue on in our sins until we do. And the, and the worst of that is, as we studied uh, Wednesday night, is but even though we have found our way un under sin and know the difference now, then therefore, since we're not under the law of God, but under the grace of God, shall we continue on in our sins? Not once, but twice. Paul tells us, God forbid. If we have more grace, can we have more sin? God forbid. Why can't we turn it around and say, if I have more God, can't I have more God? Hallelujah. More of God and less of sin. Now, in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Have you noticed what I've already seen here? The eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Your eyes is in your flesh. They're in your body. That is one of the five senses of the body. But then I look up here in verse 17 where it says here that you might become wise through the Spirit of God that your eyes may be opened unto the Lord to the understanding of God. We need to become wise enough to know that we need Jesus. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened. My understanding comes through by my soul. As I said last Sunday, in order to get saved, the Spirit of God, conviction, has to go through your body first, then your soul, that it may pierce. But yet I realize that God has the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God and Word of truth. And He says that it is able to divide unto the asunder. It can penetrate. The Word can pierce your heart and convict you of your sins. If it hasn't, I desire you to try it and let it do that because we open our fleshly eyes of understanding, but then also when we do that, we're opening our heart of understanding to God. For out of the heart is the issues of life, and our heart is touched by the, the Spirit of the Lord. Your heart, but also can be touched by your emotions. <sighs> My heart just flutters when she comes around. That's emotions, that's soulish, that's feelings, that's soulish. You may have looked at him or her with your natural eyes to get that feeling, but if it don't stir your spirit, you better leave it alone. That you may know what is the hope. What, listen, see how much of your spirit he's relating. What is hope? Hope is one of the five senses of the spirit of God. Hope, our hope is in Jesus Christ. Now let me try to read this. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Not my calling, not your calling, but his calling. 
and that the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Let's keep on. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward uh, who believe? Who believe? According to the workings of his mighty power, it's impossible to get saved without God. It's his workings. It's his power. There is no other name under heaven whereby man can be saved because at that name every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. You tell me that is a power. Satan will have a bow at the knee of Jesus. He will have to bow down before him. You tell me that is a power. I have no power over Satan, but through Jesus Christ, I can do great things unto him. In the flesh, I can do nothing. But with the strengthenings of God, I can do all things through Jesus Christ that strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror over my enemy. More than a conqueror. That's his power that comes through the Spirit of God. It didn't come in our flesh. It didn't come in our soul, but it come. Listen, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. According to the workings of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him. You tell me that is a power. His mighty power was in the raising of Jesus Christ from the dead and set him on the right hand in heavenly places. That's power, church. I want that power. I go a step farther. I got that power. I know that if I may die, and are buried, one day I will be raised unto everlasting life. I've got that power because the Spirit of God, that same Spirit that lives in me can live in you. That same Spirit. That very same Spirit. So then, therefore, what he's saying un, unto you and I is keep on digging. If you don't have that Spirit in your life, keep, I dig all the way down till I found the Spirit of God. He goes on to teach us in John 14, verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, else believe me just for the work's sake. If you don't believe me for any, just believe me for what, what has accomplished through this. Father sent the Son. Sent was a, son was obedient to the Father. He died for our sins. He rode the third day victorious over death, hell, and the grave. The Father was pleased in the sacrifice that he had made because the sin, Son sinned not and yet he accomplished all the Father sent him to do. So if you don't believe in, all, in me or the Father, then just believe it for the works. If nothing else, for the work that will happen in your life, for what God can do in your life, if for nothing else, just believe it for what God can do for you. He goes on, he doesn't stop there in, in verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you that he that believes on me, salvation, the works that I do shall he also, and greater works than these, Shall he do because I go to my father? Now, he, you don't do greater works because he went to his father and sat down and said, well, now I'm here. You do greater works because he sent the Holy Spirit back to empower you. To empower you. Please, if you don't have the Spirit of God in your life, receive, keep on digging. 
Be so curious that you'll throw your spoon over to the side somewhere or another and go get you a shovel and start digging after the Spirit of God because in this 12th verse of Scripture, he, he's teaching us that when you believe on me and the works that I do, you can also do those works. There are too much evidence in the Scripture and of, of people today that we know that we are able to do great works through the power of Almighty God. The greatest work that has ever been accomplished is the work of salvation. The greatest work is when we were loosened from those chains of Satan through the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the colon of the Holy Spirit on our life and we accepted that truth of the word of God by believing in Jesus. That's the greatest power that you had ever received in your life because there's no other way whereby man can be saved. It is through the power of the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of the only begotten Son of God. That's where your power is. And that power heal all of my Sunday and all my seat. That power, the power of God's Son was sent to you and I by a gift. I will not leave you comfortless. I'm going to give you a gift. And that gift is going to do the guiding. But listen, my friend, it doesn't stop there. I say these things unto you. Verse 12, greater works than these shall you, because I'm going, because I'm going to look 13, whosoever. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that my Father, listen, that my Father may be glorified in the Son. 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now let me tell you what Christians are saying. Christians that I know. Not people, Christians. Well, I know God can do that, but I... I don't know if he is going to do that. That's soulish thinking. That's fleshly thinking. I see, I see that man. I, I see that woman. And, and I know God can do it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I know God can do it. But I just don't know if he is going to do it. You know. We're looking at things and individuals with our eyes of the body and our eyes of the soul we have not brought the spirit anywhere in picture our greatest defeat is not listening to the spirit of God looking at natural things and trying to solve them with a natural way or natural body not a supernatural not the spirit of God your body is natural but your spirit is supernatural he has quickened your spirit that was dead in trespassing sin and made it alive, my friend. I don't have that kind of power in me. We say that. Christians say that. But then are we telling Jesus he's telling us a story? Because he said, because I go to my Father, greater things you will be able to do. All you got to do is ask anything in my name and you can have it. It's done. I never saw once. And the same spirit, he said, that's in Jesus is in us. I never saw once in the word of God where Jesus released his power and it wasn't effective. Never. Every time Jesus released his power, whether it was the power of salvation, power of healing, power of mental capacity, his power of love and mercy and grace, whatever power he released, it always accomplished that. It never returned to him void. 
Ours does. Because our power is hinged on the flesh and on the soul. We need to hinge our power on the spirit of God. I don't care what you say. I don't care what it looks like. More, that's a farm word, care. I don't care. I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to come about. I don't care what they say. It's going to happen. But it, it's not. It hadn't rained in seven years. I don't care. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. We haven't never had anything like that around here before. I don't care. We're going to have it. Everything is changing. We're changing. And if you haven't changed to the spirit of the Lord, you need to change. If you can't hear or smell or taste or see or touch, then you're in conflict. In other words, when Jesus, the man, came to be healed, his son, remember? And he said, come. Jesus said, I don't have to come. Or shall we go to this version? When the man came to Jesus and he said, all you have to do is speak the word. Either way, come or not come. God's the same. And yet, you know, when God spoke the word, the man was so confident that he just spent the night before he headed home. And then as he was arriving home and his servant ran out, he asked him a question. And he said, about what time yesterday was my son healed? There is no doubt. We let the fleshly things, you know, if we can't see it, we don't believe it. And unfortunately, half of the things we see, we still don't believe it. People see miracle after miracle, and yet they still don't believe so our problem today is that we're looking at things around us today through the eyes of the flesh and soul and not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God says it not only can happen, it will happen. In other words, the mentality of man is, yeah, I believe that can take place. Yeah, I, mean, I know that happened with Oral Roberts, you know, and uh, Catherine Kuhlman, you know, people like that, you know, A.A. Allen. Yeah, I, I, I know, you know. Somebody asked uh, Reinhardt asked him, said, why in the world do you think there are so many more miracles in, in the East than there is the West? Why many more miracles in Africa? He said, because people believe. People believe. We say that we have belief, but do we really believe? We say that we know, but do we really know? That we know that what God says he's going to do. You know, the devil, he'll come in and he'll deal with your body. We get sick, you know, we say, well, I'm going to pray, and if it don't work, i got to go to the doctor. We already got a block there. Are you with me this morning? We've already blocked out the faith that we had, like, well, I'm going to pray that God's going to heal me. Instead, we say, I'm going to pray, and if it don't work, I'm going to go, you just going get, to get find your car keys. Because it's not going to work because you don't have faith. And you only have faith when you're empowered by the Spirit of God, I know what my body says, but I also know what God says. I know what's happening to me, but I also know what God says is happening to me. 
In other words, our problem is we have too much of a revelation on the flesh that we depend on the flesh, not enough revelation on the spirit where we will depend upon the spirit of God. It's going to happen. You know, I sat down and I was counseling with a family one time. They were having some marital problems, and, and, and I just blunt right, right straight out. You know, I said, look, you just don't want to be with him. Just that simple. You know, I'm wasting my time. You're wasting your husband's time. You're wasting both of our time because you're not going to listen to the Lord. You're going to do what you want to do, ma'am. That's all. I, I'm over here. You, go, you already got your mind made up. In other words, you've shut out the Spirit of God to have any effect in, in your life. You know, I said, just a waste of my time. So all we can do is pray for people like that, that God will change them. Most of the time in our life, in dealing with areas of our life, we listen to, oh, this is what my body wants, you know, or this, this is what I'm feeling, you know. You know, I got news for the church. We're getting ready to go through some suffering. You know, everybody's looking around and saying, I hope this person gets elected in office. It don't matter who's elected in office. We're getting ready to go through something far worse than a pandemic or far worse than economy drop. We're fixing to go through some struggles, some horrifying times. They're coming because Jesus said they had to come before the end would get here. And I believe we're so close to the end that, that we're living right at the brink of those times where you and I might be part, if not our children, to step over into that ground where we start working on those times. You know, in 2016, you know how many, I believe it was every six minutes there was a Christian murdered, put to death. In 2016, Ever six minutes, one died because of professing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We're coming to that now. If you haven't watched any TV lately or seen how society's going lately, we're happy so to go in church, but the majority of the time we're just pleasing our flesh and our soul. We better get our spirit fine-tuned with God because we're going to be put on a line or we might be put in the den of the lines. If you don't believe the Spirit of God, if, if you pray for something to happen and then you've got the same mentality, I hope God does it. Hope is of the Spirit of the Lord. Hope is found in one of the five senses of the Spirit. So you don't have to hope. You say, I have hope in Christ. It's going to happen. And if you don't, you've got conflict. And that's why so many Christians are confused today. I'm just Christian. I'm not talking about worldly Christian people in church. It's because they look one way and, they, and, and then they look another way at the same time. We can't have it both ways. God even says, I wish you were either hot or cold. So we need to unlock the spiritual rim of our life. We need to dig deep within the spirit that we have and unlock that spirit that we have in our life that God wants to give us so that we can have Christ made alive in our life with power. I know Jesus. 
big deal. There's sinners out there that know Jesus, but they're still sinners. You know, I have a friend that can probably quotes the Bible better than I do, but I, I believe he's still lost as a goose. It's not, James says, only, it's not good enough to be hearers of the word. We've got to be doers of the word. And as being a doer, it says we accept what the word says in our life. And not only for salvation, but we also do it for the works, believing in the miracle. John chapter 6 this morning. Go with me to verse uh, 63 of the 6th chapter of John. It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. So let's quit paying a lot of attention to the flesh. The works that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. There is no life in the flesh, only death. So then the words that I speak to you are life. That's what he's saying, verse 64. But there are some of you that believe not. How true it is. There are some. So John is addressing a group of people here at church, and he's saying the spirit is life. But then there's some of you that don't believe in that. That's why we need to dig deep till we get the fullness of the spirit of God in, in, in our life, doing what God has called us to do. Answer our call. I can go to the book of James, and I look in the book of James, and the very first chapter, and let me read something to you in verse 22, and follow me. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, because you're deceiving your own selves. See, when we look at something and say, yeah, I know what the Bible says, but I don't know if it's going to happen, you've just deceived yourself. You've been deceived by the evil one. Verse 23, look what he said. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man that beholds his natural face in a glass. Now, I'm going to spend a little time on this because a lot of people spend a lot of time in front of a mirror. Am I pretty yet? You know? 24. For he beholds himself. In other words, he looks at himself. And ladies, you do too. Every hair has got to be in the right place. And he goes his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man. Listen, he was. So let me say, what good is it if we take a good look at ourselves and then we turn and walk away and forget? <laughs> Wait a minute, let me go back and take another look. <laughs> you know, somebody said, you know, you, you're losing hair. You know on the bright side of that? When I was in high school, my hair was so thick I couldn't get a comb through it. I used Brill cream. You ever heard of that stuff? Just a little dab, do it, it said, it did it, you know. All that's gone, you know. Think of the money I save now. I don't even need a comb, really. I just get out of the shower. If I get time enough to get a haircut, just do this right here, and I'm good to go, you know. Are you hearing? See, this, James, has got to be spiritually discerned because in this verse of Scripture, it says here that we are to be doers, as well as hearers. And if not, what are we doing in church? Right here, verse 23. He's like a man that beholds his natural face, his fleshly, his carnal face, body face in a glass. And the next thing you know, 
after he looks at himself, he forgets. Let's look at that a second. It's worth it. This right here, this right here is a spiritual mirror. That's what this is. It's a mirror. But it will not speak to your flesh because your flesh don't want to hear what it's got to say. It will not speak to your soul because, hey, it, oh, he hurt my feelings. <laughs> this, this is only a mirror to your spirit. Now, let me really shake your boat, all right? When you got saved, your body didn't get saved. When you got saved, your soul didn't get saved. You won't find anywhere in the scripture where they got saved. But your spirit got saved. Listen to me carefully, because I get other this Wednesday night, baby. It's up to your spirit to make and get your soul and your body ready before the Lord. Now, if we aren't dug deep enough to touch our spirit, we're in trouble. Then, as I said Wednesday night, we come into habitually sinning. And when we come into habitually sinning, now let me tell you, I started this teaching on Dig Deeper on, I believe in eternal security. I believe, brother and sister, when you get saved, you need to stay saved. But I have seen so many people, even in ministry professions, slip out of the way, fall backwards, and some of them never to return again. I've been in this thing a long time. Some of my most important friends that I went to Bible college with and I, I was with and I, I sat in class with and I taught, they're dead. They're gone. They're gone on. Some of my closest friends have already gone on, you know. So I, I know I can't have a whole lot much longer compared to what some have. So I'm trying to say to us here today, we need to dig deep enough in the Lord to realize something that if our spirit hasn't been touched by the almighty power of God and our life has not been turned around by the spirit of God and bears witness with our spirit, and if our spirit is not leading us, if we're letting our body lead us, then we're in trouble. Because my body just wants to go out and party and have a good time. There's one good thing about growing old, if nothing else. Your body don't have to giddy up and go as it did at one time, so you don't worry about that junk no more. But the sad thing of it is it's got so old now it can't do nearly what it could for the Lord when it was younger. I better leave that alone and be called a meddling. When you look at yourself in a mirror, listen to me carefully. You're not seeing yourself. Do you ever think about that? This word right here it, this right here is a mirror. When we look into this word, but you're, you're, not, you're not seeing, you're, you're seeing a reflection. Hey, this is not really me. You know, you're seeing a reflection of who and what you are. So then when we mirror the word of God in, in our life, uh, we're viewing a reflection that we see in the mirror. I, I think, think about that the next time you go to a mirror. I was looking at a mirror this morning. I weren't looking at myself. I was seeing a reflection of myself. There's no way I can look at myself. I'd had to pull my face off and put it around, you know. Can't do that. So a mural is a reflection. 
of what it is, is being shown to it. You know, there's something that keeps running by my mind and, and the Holy Ghost just keeps kicking it out because I want to say it so bad. And he said, don't say it. I just thought I'd let you know. So if it comes out, then you know I disobeyed him. And it's not good to disobey the Holy Spirit. You trust what you see. Oh, did I say that? <laughs> I go in front of the mirror and I trust what I see. No, I don't. <laughs> but we do if we don't have a spiritual guidance. We go in front of a mirror. Is my tie just right? You know? Is ever is those two hairs down where they're supposed to be right there? You know? It's a reflection. And what we do, we honestly trust what we see in a mirror. So when we look in the Word of God, why can't we trust what we see as God mirrors to our spirit who we are? First of all, our spirit tells us that we are sinners. And then it tells us how we need to get saved and how we can get saved and how we can stay saved. You trust what you see. Don't tell me that later. Listen, I run to too many women and, and drive it on the road. The only thing I know that's worse than a man and a woman on a cell phone is a woman that's trying to get her makeup on going to work. I see that. Don't do that, ladies. It's very distracting. You're liable to poke your eye out, you know. Really? You, you, you're mirroring, do I look okay? Why don't we ask God, look at my spirit, Lord. How does my spirit look? I don't know. Why don't you take a look at yourself in the mirror? What mirror? The Word of God. God's Word perfectly reflects who we are in the Spirit of God as well as the fleshly man or woman that we are. This right here is the only way we can know if we're saved or not. Coming to church will not save you. Joining the church will not save you. Paying tithes will not save you. Doing the works of the church. You're not saved by works, but you're saved by faith in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You must look at God's mirror. The Word is the Spirit of God, and you have to see how you look before God. 2 Corinthians, 5th chapter. Verse 17, therefore, if a man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Now, how are we looking at that? Oh, when I was young in ministry, and a lot of these people in church, you can tell a tree by the fruit that it bears. You ever heard that one before? Sure are some bad apples on that tree. Oh, I got so sick of hearing that. You know they're no good. Just look at the fruit that's on their tree, you know. That's the flesh. They didn't see those people with the spirit. They saw it with the eyes of the flesh. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, who has given us a ministry of reconciliation. He didn't say all things are becoming new, did he? Or has potential of being new. My friend, when you get saved, you're saved instantly. 
No doubt in my mind, that thief that was on the cross with Jesus that day, he said, Lord, will you remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom? And Jesus said, today, not a week from now, but today thou will be with me in paradise. So what he's saying unto us here right now is that old things have passed. That's past tense. They're gone. Now don't sit there and tell me your flesh won't try to drag them up. Some people try to put them in a chest somewhere or another so they can get them out when they want them out. All things have become, that's present tense, right now, new. So what God told us is when we got saved, now listen to me carefully, a lot of people that say they got saved don't. They don't think they got saved. I think they just went through an emotion in the flesh and the soul, and they never, never, their spirit never touched the presence of God. They were convicted in their spirit, but all they laid before the altar of God was their flesh and their soul. How do you know? Because they walked up publicly, physically. They cried their eyeballs out with feelings of emotion, you know, and told everybody how their heart had been touched, but their spirit was nowhere in it. They gave no worship to God, no praise to God. They really had no hope in God because when they turned around and went back and sat down, all they thought about was one who sold me. That's what keeps many people away from coming to start with. People looking at them. Hush. Your body has been purchased and it's been redeemed. But listen, your soul has it. Your, let, let, let me just, 1 Corinthians 15th chapter. 53, verse 53. Look what he says here. I just want you to get in the spirit of God. For this corrupt must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. When God died for your sins, he didn't redeem your body. If he did, we wouldn't be going to the graveyard every day. But he did purchase your body. He purchased your body to do work for him. We have been bought without a price. Not only did he purchase our spirit, you know, but he redeemed our spirit. He didn't just purchase our spirit. He redeemed our spirit. So what Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians is that our bodies is just purchased, not redeemed. So quit treating it like it's going to last forever. These people go out and spend all this money on getting these face tugs and snugs and all this mess. I almost said it. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus purchased your glorified body through his death, burial, and resurrection. He purchased you a new body. It's going to be a body like his. It won't be a body like yours. It'll be a body like... I just want, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14, which is the earnestness of our inheritance until the re redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. What? Our new life, our new bodies. What he said in verse 14 of here, we have an inheritance until that day is here. So salvation happens when you start believing in God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and I shall be saved. Then you begin to have a word that God gives you. You have an experience of victory. You have peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And you have to change the ways that you are. 
the old man or woman is gone and a new one is here today. So then change the way that your soul thinks. Change the way by believing God's word. Mural yourself with the word of God. How do I change? Look in the word of God. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Well, when you believe in that, then what are you going to have? You're going to experience victory. You're going to experience joy. You're going to have experienced peace in your life because you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. You once were a sinner, but now you are a saint. You once were lost, but now you have been found. You once was away from God, but now you have been brought near unto the Lord through by the blood of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians, 13th chapter. Go with me to verse 9. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when he which is perfect is come, I, you need to underline that in your Bible. That has been misread. I read over that myself so many times and misinterpreted that. I'm going to come right back to it. Don't worry, i got five more minutes. When that was perfect is come, then that which was in part is done away with. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. How many children do we still have in church today? Oh, did the preacher say that? Let me share something with you here. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that is perfect has come, what's he talking about here? Well, Jesus. No, he's not. He's not talking about Jesus. He's talking about your new glorified body. In this body, he says, I know in part. I prophesy in part. I mean, I do everything in part because I, I'm looking through a glass darkly. In other words, when I'm mirroring myself in a mirror, I'm looking at some things that really, you know, oh, come on now, you know where I'm coming from. Don't I look good? You, you, you better put some more light on that mirror, you know. You hear where I'm coming from. But that which is perfect has come, you won't have to worry about looking good. Hey, man, I'm good now. Because it's not me, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. i got to put the hammer down. Listen to this. Look what God is saying to you and I here. When that which is perfect is come, your glorified body. That, you need to underline that and write there, what is perfect to come is my glorified body. Not this body that's dying every day. Not this body that's had seven surgeries. Uh-uh, not this body that's losing hair. It's losing a lot more than hair. In the coming future fulfillment or the transformation that's coming, there will be a complete change in our body and our soul. But our body is... Listen, our spirit got changed the day that we got saved. It's up to it to change our soul and body. But let me tell you, listen carefully. It's all not going to happen overnight. It is. There's some of these Christians we need to sit down to and say, what well, y'all been doing? Sleeping when you should have been doing this? You ought to ask King David. Man after God's own heart. David, what happened to you, boy? Well, I'll tell you what. I just got up there and looked over that roof side. Woo! David, you shouldn't have. You and I, we shouldn't have. 1 Corinthians 13, chapters 9, 12 tells us. 5th chapter of 2 Corinthians. Let's see what he says here. 17th verse of the 5th chapter. 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new, brand new. Do those thoughts come to my mind? They may. I, it's up to me to get rid of them. Listen, I won't get rid of them, though. But my spirit can. My spirit can get rid of them. He, it, he, he can boot them right out, my friend. My eye will not let me get rid of them. My thought will not let me get rid of them. Uh-uh. My hearing, the more I hear it, you know, won't let me get rid of it. But my spirit can get rid of it. You know why? Because my spirit says you can't worship the Lord looking at that mess. You can't praise God looking at that mess. You can't pray to the Lord with those thoughts in your mind. Your spirit's not going to let you have any rest till you get, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Jesus purchased your glorified body through his death, burial, and resurrection, Ephesians 1.14. Your soul's salvation happens when you started believing in God's word. You experienced that victory. But you got to do some changing on your body and soul. Some people's a little slow on getting their bodies changed and getting their souls right. I'm getting ready to close. The change that took place in your life when you got saved happened in your spirit. It didn't happen in your soul. Or your body. And by the way, God's not going to come back and get this body. To the earth it was made of, to the earth it's going back to. When you start praying and worshiping and having hope and faith and repentance in your life and you have reverence before God, your soul has been made right before God. First Corinthians 2 and 14. You know, here I am, I flip through my Bibles, and you just look right up there and see it on the screen. But I love to flip through my Bible. But the natural man, listen very carefully. I close with this virtually the same thing Wednesday night, but some of you were but listen. Number one, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God because they're foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they have to be spiritually discerned. Natural man. So your body's not going to give you any help. All right? Now listen to what he's saying here. He didn't say... As here in Corinthians, when you start, when you start uh, satisfying your flesh, uh-uh. the flesh has no power over the spirit. The spirit has power over the flesh. In 1 Corinthians, when you have reasoning, consciousness, awareness, imagination, and emotional things, look with me at 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 3. I could not speak to you as spiritual, but as carnal, because you were babes in Christ. And I'll stop right there. Why am I a babe in Christ? Because I'm on my soulish things. Now, if you want to dig spiritual, he says right here in verse 3, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is envy and strife and divisions, are, are ye not carnal and walk as men? How much envy and strife? How much carnality do we have in the world today? How much is in the church today? Our body needs to change. Our soul needs to change. But it'll never change till our spirit is changed. You have to get off. And, you, and this is the most important thing I'm going to say to you this morning. Know that the spirit of God dwells in you. I want to challenge you very quickly this morning before we pray. In 1 John 4, 13, I want to challenge you out. 
whatever you're digging with right now, I want to challenge you. Go, get rid of it. Get something bigger. I want to challenge you. Fourth chapter, verse 13. 1 John. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he dwells in us, because he has given us of his spirit. In you, may not be there yet, but can be, dwelleth the spirit of the Lord. In you, my friend, know what dwells in you. He dwells in us. Ephesians 1, 13. You heard the word, you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You heard the word, you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and accepted him and you were sealed by the Holy, not the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has washed away your sins. The Holy Ghost seals you. That's what keeps you from sinning. That's what keeps you on the right road. That's what keeps you doing what's right. So I say to you this morning, if you love to commune with us before the Lord, you, you have to be saved. Because Paul said, many today that are communing before the Lord do it, not discerning the Lord's body, and they are sleeping. That means they're not right to commune with the Lord. So let's pray. Father, I come before you now, and if there's somebody here today that needs you, Jesus, needs you in their heart, needs you in their life, needs to repent of their sins, I pray that they do this day. I say, Lord, that they may come and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus' blood to wash away my sins. I need Christ in my life. Forgive me now, Lord. Make me a new man or woman in Jesus Christ today. And I'll thank you for doing that, Lord. That I might now be able to commune with you this day and these days forward, Lord. Having you at my side. No, having you in me, Jesus. I know that you live in me now, Lord. You're not on the outside. You are on the inside. I in you and you in me. In Jesus' name. Thanks for worshiping with us this week. We believe his words will establish that confidence within you and direct you for his predestined purpose for your life. See you next week, and don't forget to download our app so you can stay connected with us.